From Major Durbin's cozy escape pod to the storms of Tall, you're listening to Star Scavengers, a Lego Star Wars podcast with a focus on the Freemaker Adventures. I am one of your hosts, Jonah Marie Macias, and here with me is my co-host, Aaron Goins. How's it going, Aaron? Pretty good. Today is good, although today is bad. Oh, why is you know oh why today is bad? bad? Because of the season finale. Yes, as as we are recording this episode of Star Scavengers, the every episode of season two of Freemaker Adventures has already aired. <laughs> so sad. It's over. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> and it went by so quickly. <laughs> it did. It went by so fast and I, I mean, I'm assuming you watched it like first thing this morning. Of course I did. Okay. <laughs> I was actually considering not watching the last few episodes of the season uh-huh. until we got to them because I was really starting to have an issue with the fact that we weren't able to kind of like speculate and predict what's going to happen because we're already going to know everything after today, which we will. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking, oh, maybe I'll wait and, and just not watch the last few episodes and just wait until we actually get to them. But, of course, that's easier said than done. And I was starting to see stuff on Twitter that was, like, spoilerific. And I was like, nope, I have to watch them. So. <laughs> I know. It didn't help. It's funny because when I was doing the automatic tweets that we have go out so that way, you know, I don't miss out on making the Twitter active – I, I there was an image that I used that I didn't really think twice about because I thought, oh, it's just Rowan with his lightsaber. But yeah, there are other things that happen in that episode. I'm just like, oh, that was the wrong image to use. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I I apologize in advance if I happen to spoil anyone with that image. But oh man, it was such a great episode. And I, there there are theories and speculate speculative things that I came up with along the way. So hopefully as we keep recording, well, I'll bring those up when we talk about those episodes. Yeah. We just need to put our minds back to where they were when we actually watched the episode the first time. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. what were we wondering about when we saw certain scenes, you know, kind of trying to figure out how to do that. Um, I'm a little, I actually haven't watched the finale. Oh, I'm, okay. I'm kind of like waiting. I don't know why. I just don't want it to be over yet. <laughs> You're like my mom who still hasn't seen the last Harry Potter film because she doesn't want it to end. Well, that's just crazy. That was a long time ago. <laughs> I know. I know. I keep telling her, you got to watch it. Um, <laughs> Don't tell your mom we... I called her crazy. <laughs> no, it's fine. I call her crazy all the time. <laughs> but moving on, we have our le- latest Lego purchases. And I just wanted to say that I've I've purchased a few yesterday when it was payday at my workplace because I was running low on microfighters and I had to go and buy the second wave of microfighters that came out two years ago. And so I ended up getting the AT-AT, the snow speeder, the ARC-170 fighter, and the Republic gunship. Nice. I'm very proud of myself. Wow, you're really <laughs> rounding out your collection. I am. I, I'm determined to collect every single one of those little microfighters. And I think I only have two left from that wave. And then I'll be sort of up to date with 2016. So uh, I already have Hera and the Wookiee gunship from that wave. And so I just got to get 
I think two or three others from that one, and then I'm and then I'll be in 2017, and I'll just go ahead and head on over to Target before those go away. <laughs> yeah, and then we'll have I guess uh, the Last Jedi coming out. Will there'll probably be some sets, some micro fighters around that stuff, but I don't know if they'll come out right away or if those are later releases. We don't really know That's... all the details yet. Yeah, yeah, we don't know, but we look forward to it when when it, those details come out. Yeah, definitely. I haven't had a chance to build or purchase any uh, Star Wars Lego recently. I did notice that there are some events going on, or at least uh, I know the Lego store is having an event around Force Friday where they're doing another minifig giveaway. Are they? I didn't realize. And I think you may be interested in this minifig this year. (gasps) Oh my gosh, is it Ezra? No, it's a shore trooper. (laughs) Oh, that's so cool. Which I know you have, you really like the trooper armor and you like the trooper characters. I think you were really all about the shore troopers, weren't you? Oh, I was. And I unfortunately couldn't keep up with the collecting part of it because they were just, it's sort of like the standard stormtrooper. They're just everywhere. And I was just like, I can't keep up. And so I only started buying like specific things like the uh, sideshow uh, maquette, not the maquette, the uh, sideshow figure um six scale figure so i got that and i also got a few other things pertaining to the short trooper but yeah i love that that design oh i have to get that <laughs> <laughs> i think the deal is you have to spend fifty dollars oh no they get gonna, of course they're gonna, gotta yeah, make so you spend money <laughs> maybe wait on a few more sets like hold off until force friday and go buy them uh, so you can you can have enough that you need to spend that much money Gotcha. And do you know whether that applies online as well, or is that in person? I think it does. I think if you if you purchase online, I believe that that you can still get the minifig. Okay, because I, I that's probably gonna be my way to do it because I'll be on my way to Canada on that day to see the Star Wars Rebels panel at Fan Expo Canada. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I forgot you're doing that. You're traveling all over the place. I am. It's so bizarre because I've never done that, at least not internationally. And I've done it nationally where I've you know, gone to go see one specific thing in another, in another state, but not really to another country. So I'm kind of I'm kind of scared. <laughs> I'm kind of scared for like the things they're going to reveal in this panel. I know. Like going oh, into man. the final season of Rebels. I'm a big Rebels fan. I know you are as well. Um and it's just, they're wrapping up the story. So what does that mean for our favorite characters? I'm really, really nervous for some of my favorites. I know, Keenan in particular, for sure. Yeah, so. Well, but anyway. You'll have, to, uh, you'll have to update us as as news is breaking out of that panel. I don't know if they're going to let you tweet pictures or, or send anything out You know, from the panel. They might have you on lockdown. Yeah, I'll figure it out for sure. I definitely want to write up an account of it. And I'll see what sort of cell service I get there. And if I have any data to live tweet, if anything, I'll go ahead and record it, audio or video. So we'll see. Awesome. (laughs) Yay. So this episode that we're going to be focusing on for this show is The Storms of Tall. And it was written by Ron Corsillo and Russ Carney. So this was a f- fun episode because it brought back a character that we had seen in the old trilogy movies. Yeah, we got to see Major Durlin in action. Yes. At the very <laughs> beginning, it was so cool. I, I had for, for whatever reason, the first time I watched this episode, I missed 
kind of the beginning part. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I just like tuned in late or if I got distracted or what, but I totally missed the intro with him. And so the second time I watched it, I saw it and I was like, oh man, that was so cool. Like he's like, he's almost like a little action hero. He is. He's sort of like a Bond type figure where (laughs) he's just jumping and rolling. I love that there was this one scene where he just ended up rolling away from the stormtroopers. I'm like, he could have just ran, but that little roll just made it so hilarious. (laughs) But yeah, I love that it's the character's voiced by John Ratzenberger who who played that character in the movies, in the movie. So that was that was fun. Yeah, and that's really cool because it was so long ago that he played that role, but he's known for so much so many other things that he's done. Oh yeah. You know, <laughs> he was in Cheers and he he does voices in like all the Pixar movies. So he's really made a name for himself beyond just that kind of little role that he had in, on Hoth. So mm-hmm. it's kind of cool to see him reprise that that old role and um, that they were able to get him to come back and do it because he's a pretty prominent uh, voice actor. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then he heads away from the stormtroopers. And I love that the troopers end up getting a brick separator to, to open the doors to get to Major Durlin. And I thought that was a really cool... I know we've seen it before in season one with the Freemakers using it to pry something. So it was it was neat to see it again this time around. Yeah, they, I like that they've used that sparingly. But I, I thought it was a perfect time to pull it out again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's what I love about this show. You can insert some of those Lego aspects and it, it just comes off as totally normal. Like you don't really think twice about it. Right. And and then they head into the fact that he escapes with the escape pod and he's in his undies because <laughs> he had <laughs> used his clothes as a ruse to trick the, the troopers. <laughs> Yeah, he's in his boxers, his little his little t-shirt, his little white tank top t-shirt. Yeah, yeah, and you said I think you had mentioned that that's going to be a a, a minifig that you want to <laughs> include in your list. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, yeah, we had talked about doing the minifig lists, and I, I we had said something about maybe doing them this episode, but I think we'll wait. But that is one. I think specifically, I thought it would be funny if they had a, a minifig for him, where it's after they've rescued him. And so, like, oh, yeah. his, his accessory that he could come with would be the blue milk pancake in his hand. You know, <laughs> yeah. With, like, the blanket. You know, that that would be a really funny kind of minifig. It would be, yeah. Or you can get, like, the variant where he's all blue. Right, where because, he's cold. Because he's frozen. <laughs> and his hair's white. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they could have a few variations of, of Durlin um, as minifigs for sure. Mm-hmm. And so Durlin's headed over to the junk field of Tanab, and Akbar ends up sending the Freemakers because junk field sort of that's sort of their forte. That's where they are best at. Right, Tanab being another planet, another name drop of a planet from the original trilogy. Yeah, yeah. I, although I couldn't, it's been so long. I have to admit, it's been so long since I last saw the movies that I couldn't remember exactly where it was said. So I'm glad you clarified that from the old movies. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely original trilogy. Um, the Battle of Tanab mm-hmm. is the uh, the way they referred to it. <laughs> and and so you have Quarry telling them that they need two more pieces, and one of those pieces is the 
piece that they need to get from the Corellian Defender, which is a ship that was originally established in the Old Republic, apparently. Really? Yeah, I think so. Because I looked it up, too. I was curious. <laughs> and, I, and I saw a Wikipedia entry for it. And it, it mentioned Old Republic. And... Now I wish I had read more of the entry so I can tell you specifically. <laughs> so you could school me on it. <laughs> so yeah, and I think I saw a few people getting excited over that as well. Yeah, I thought it just was a really cool ship design. And it actually was a bit reminiscent of the Star Scavenger. Um, it was, it had, it yeah. It kind of a similar shape at the front. So I just thought it was like, oh, here's a cool ship design. But I hadn't connected the fact that it had appeared in other materials. So that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. And then Rowan is so excited about getting this piece that he's not realizing that he's, you know, brandishing the the blowtorch everywhere <laughs> and stuff, cutting everything. <laughs> he's melting the chain. Yeah, yeah. And poor Roger gets the uh, the brunt end of it with <laughs> with by by, by being electric electrocuted. <laughs> right. Yeah. He gets zappity zapped in another way. Yeah, he does. <laughs> Which puts him out puts him out of commission for a little bit. And yeah, and I it's funny because Roger is such an important character for the Freemakers, but he when when they put him inside of that little charging unit, I completely forgot about him. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, things start happening and I'm just like, Oh man, how the Freemakers gonna get their shit back? <laughs> And then when Roger, you know, I'm skipping ahead, but when Roger comes out, I'm just like, oh, that's right, Roger. <laughs> <laughs> he just woke up from a long nap. Yeah. What's yeah, going on here? You're not three plucky like... kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. And so Rowan um, wants to go to Taco Dana because that's where pirates are located and most pirates are located and they're going to know at least some details about how they can get a hold of a Corellian defender. And I love that he has to convince his siblings to do so. And um, Xander's the easiest one to convince. And so he says, he calls him Xander Freemaker, superstar multitasking pilot guy. <laughs> yeah. You just got to stroke his ego a little bit and he, it sounds like he'll just do just whatever you want. Right, yeah, and Cordy is just like, oh, I can't believe I'm related to you. <laughs> <laughs> I love it when they go to these familiar planets. Like, this is something I, I really like about this show, is they keep going to planets that we know. Yeah. Um, and I really like the fact that they've gone to Takodana now a couple times, because it gives us the opportunity to see Maz's castle again. We get to see Maz again. You know, I, I really like this location. And so it's it's cool that they, they brought us back here. Right. And I was so sad when it showed up in The Force Awakens and how they destroyed it all. And I'm just like, well, there goes that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's cool that we're seeing it, you know, prior to those events. Yeah, and it's cool to just kind of see that Maz, you know, has been there for that long, you know, because The Force Awakens isn't for another 30 plus years mm -hmm. after what we're watching here. So, you know, she's been established at that location for a while. And, you know, I don't know. I just, it's, she's a character that we got very little time with. So it's kind of cool to see her interacting with other heroes that we like to follow other than just the characters from The Force Awakens. Exactly. Yeah. And, and then you have, on the Imperial side of things, you have the Emperor talking with Vader and MOC. 
And it's always a delight to see those two, those three characters talking. And I forget the exchange that they have, but I love that ultimately MLC doesn't get the emperor's sarcasm and what he's saying. <laughs> and, and, and the emperor goes, he has no sarcasm detector at all, does he? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And so, yeah, the Freemakers end up going to Maz Kanata's castle. And I love that Maz had told them to not come back um, until they were much older. And, and, Ma, and uh, was it Rowan says that he had he grew a mustache. <laughs> I love that she zooms in on his chin. <laughs> <laughs> and there was that little sparkle because there's just nothing there. <laughs> yeah, she takes a little bit of time examining you know, his chin there, like, zooms way in. She's like, yeah. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> and Hondo ends up being another character that we see again. Yeah, and I was that, so when Rowan was kind of like, hey, I know this place we could go, and it's got, you know, pirates, and pirates will know where to find this stuff. Do you think he was specifically referring to Hondo, or was he kind of more referring to Maz? I think he was referring to Maz because okay. I, I I think I remember him uh, specifying her name before they got there. And, and I think he, that was his intention to to see her specifically. Okay. Yeah. Because they didn't seem too happy to bump into to Hondo again. No, they were not pleased. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that um, he knows, of course, where they can get a Corellian defender and... Xander puts him on a spot and tests him and tests his knowledge regarding it. <laughs> and, and I love he that. Did a, he did a good job, though. Because Zan- Xander yeah. kind of tried to stump him. You know, how many how many landing sleds does he have? And, like, oh, it doesn't have <laughs> landing sleds. It has landing struts, you know, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was great. And I love that Maz, in the end, was telling them to be wary of truths coming from those you cannot trust. And she sort of just leaves from there. <laughs> <laughs> and and then Hondo ends up wanting to leave. So he's in a hurry. And you know that he's up to something if he's rushing them out of the castle. And there's this character called Awan Zek who lost a game of Sabak against Hondo. And Hondo, of course, has all the cards hidden in his sleeves. <laughs> Yeah, and he has. Um, it's interesting because they they actually handed out decks of Sabak cards at oh, which it was at Star Wars Celebration, one of the Star Wars celebrations. It was like a giveaway. Yeah, it was Anaheim, I think. And the card designs on the deck that they handed out were like exactly the same as the card designs that they had on the on the pieces or the cards in in this. So I thought that was pretty cool that there there was some consistency there. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, because I remember the game had a bit more of an appearance in Star Wars Rebels. So that's neat that they kept that consistency. I I didn't really pay much attention to the cards themselves, but that's awesome. At first, I thought Awan Zek was a character we had seen before. Me too, but I don't think so. Not that I know of. That I didn't look up. I looked up Corellian Defender, but not Alan Zek. <laughs> yeah, I did look it up, and it says his only appearance is in Freemaker Adventures. But I was like, oh, he looks, you know, kind of that, the way his face was and stuff was like, oh, he looks really similar to the the character from the Cantina in A New Hope. 
Oh, that's right. That's why he looks familiar. Okay. So I yeah, like, oh. I remember. Yeah, so it just it it was very reminiscent of that character, but not the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not very pleasing to the eye. <laughs> <laughs> not the most beautiful man. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> and so Rowan manages to help them escape and get out of Awanzek's way and uh Alan Zek is sort of disappointed that he's lost Hondo, but then he's told about the fact that he just escaped with Rowan, who happens to be a target of from the Empire. And and so he decides to call the Imperial tip line. <laughs> yes. The guy was sleeping. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently the Imperial tip line doesn't get too much traffic. No, no. And when they do answer it, they answer it with, do you have a rebel agitator to report? <laughs> <laughs> um, and I love that um, MOC ends up picking up on that transmission. So we get him going through with the orders that he's been given by the Emperor to find Rowan. And yeah, it's a fun character, MOC, and that's why... Um, whenever he pops up, I'm like, ooh, what's going to happen with that character next? <laughs> yeah, he's always chasing them down. And he seems to be so threatening, but for whatever reason, the Freemakers are always able to escape him. Yeah. Yeah, that was... Mm-hmm. It kind of reminds me of uh, the the High Inquisitor, how he was used in Rebels. You know, yeah. you have this really threatening character, but every time they kind of defeat him, he gets a little less and less threatening. Because you're like, oh, they're just going to get out of it again. I mean, Rowan True. seems to best him almost every time. So um, it's it's interesting because it's almost like uh, they're using him as a way to have uh, a threatening character without using Vader. Yes. You know, so because you can't really use Vader in that way. But and I, I know Rebels kind of did that too with the Inquisitors. It was almost like a replacement for Vader. Yeah, you can't see Vader okay. lose too much. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But uh, it definitely starts to catch up with Rowan midway or a little past midway. And uh, But I like the fact that when Rowan does go up against MOC, he's usually aided by his siblings. So there's always that backup that he has. And I like that he's always thinking outside the box, whereas... MOC is more of a, you know, he's a program and there's a strict set of commands that he follows. And that's why you can kind of see how Rowan's intuition and the fact that he's 12 and a half years old (laughs) (laughs) and then how that trumps the programming that MOC has. Right. And so um, Hondo ends up telling Rowan that he's very impressed by his underhanded scheming when Rowan manages manages to convince uh, Xander again to take him to Tall, where they can get this Corellian defender. And it kind of reminded me of when he was impressed by Ezra's underhanded scheming in, in Rebels. Yeah, he's always looking for the worst in people, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, he finds these young, impressionable kids, and he's like, oh, there's some potential in you. Maybe I could use, you know, maybe I could use you in the future. You know, yeah. it's typically not... Uh, at least my view of of this character is that I, I never feel like he has good intentions. Interesting, yeah. Because sometimes I I get that feeling, especially when he was with Ezra. But yeah, this in this 
portrayal of him in Freemaker Adventures, I definitely get the I'm just using you to as a means to an end, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. And so they arrive at Tall and they find that Tall's atmosphere is very uh, toxic and it's just pure acid rain and lightning all the time. <laughs> It's a terrible place, but it was really fun, a really fun location for them to visit. Um, it really reminded me of, for whatever reason, it reminded me of The Princess Bride. I actually haven't seen that movie in years, but what 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 of it reminded you of it? So you know when they go to the fire swamp and, he's, oh. and he talks about like the three dangers of the fire swamp? Uh-huh, you know, uh-huh. The flame spurt, the lightning sand, the, and the rodents of unusual size. Like, I felt like that was kind of this, a similar type of thing was happening here. You know, they go to this place, there's these three major dangers, and like one happens, and then he's like, oh, did I forget to tell you about the acid rain? And then they like run out of the way, and then they're standing in the, the acid, you know, that kind of thing. Oh, so, that's right. Yeah. It just that's... really reminded me of that scene from that movie. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good reference there. I wonder if that was used as an inspiration then. Um but yeah, I, I kind of watched that movie. It's been years. <laughs> Such a good movie. <laughs> um, and so I really enjoyed Michael Kramer's music at this point in time because they're just zipping from one spot to another because they're being affected by the rain or the, the puddle or the lightning. And Michael Kramer had a great uh, series of sounds and music going on in this in these two scenes in these scenes and yeah I, I just wanted to highlight that yeah it's it's been really the music just overall this episode or this season has been really great i notice it more and more i've i'm not one to recognize music cues and sometimes i don't appreciate the music in movies as much as other people do it's just not it's not typically my focus but now right. after kind of um Hearing him talk about the music and kind of starting to pay more attention to it, it's it's definitely something I'm appreciating more. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, the Freemakers end up getting... They're, they're still trying to get used to the atmosphere and, and the conditions of this planet. And I love that Major Durlin con- continues to contact them in very inopportune moments and just awkward moments and then i love that rowan in one of the transmissions ends up running through the hologram and and screaming my eyes my eyes <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you know derlin is comfy where he is eating his uh freeze-dried cake apparently that they store in the escape pots right which looked <laughs> like just a, a slab of rock it really did <laughs> And he busts his tooth on it. <laughs> and so they end up finding the Corellian Defender, but it's half sunk in acid. And they try to lift it up, but it doesn't work. So Rowan ends up having to go in there and manages to get the piece that they need, which is exactly what he wanted. But while they're all doing this, they don't realize that Hondo has left the planet <laughs> on the Star Scavenger. Yes, this is um, this is the part where we were kind of jumped to a little earlier with Roger and and him kind of it, because he had had that stuff happen to him earlier in the episode. He was available to save the day. He really did, yeah, as always. <laughs> 
And at the same time, you have MOC who arrives on the planet and starts to confront Rowan. And I think at one point, the mini scavenger gets destroyed, right? Yes, it does. <laughs> it, like in, in flaming glory. Glory. Because they're they're like oh I'm trying I forget kind of the details on how it all went down but basically they were they were using the the mini scavenger and it was kind of parked off to the side and then all of a sudden MOC ship just comes landing down and like lands right on top of it and just ex- and it explodes in like a, a fire a fireball um and it went out in a fantastic fashion but. <laughs> Poor, That's right. Yeah. The poor mini scavenger, you know, like <laughs> the. Uh, it was only there to help them out. It did nothing wrong. <laughs> I was there. Was a moment I was just like, oh. <laughs> I know. I kind of missed the bubbly subly. The bubbly subly. I forgot about the bubbly subly. Yeah, I, I missed that thing. I wonder what happened to it. <laughs> hopefully, it met a better end than the mini scavenger. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> And so I love that when Roger's confronting Hondo, he actually, Hondo says that, oh, he's just going on a, on a milk run, on a blue milk run. And Roger suspects that something's up because Cordy is actually allergic to blue milk. Right. And, but it turns out that it might not be the case because she drinks blue milkshakes, <laughs> but she doesn't eat his blue, ba- blue milk pancakes. Right, yeah. <laughs> That was uh one of the best exchanges in the entire episode. That yeah. back and forth. I was I was laughing pretty hard at that. And I love that he was holding his spatula the entire time. <laughs> it's just the funny, the slow realization that he comes to. Yeah. Because he's like, ha, you're wrong because she's allergic and then he's like, But she does drink blue milk milkshakes. So. <laughs> And now, and now I'm in the mood to make blue milk pancakes and blue milkshakes because that's awesome. I didn't really think about doing that before. If you ever throw like a Freemaker Adventures viewing party, it would be the perfect food to have. Yes. I, and sand cookies as sand well. Cookies, we got yes. all those in there. <laughs> and so Hondo and Roger end up finding fighting it out. And Roger thankfully ends up trapping Hondo in a crate literally using his head <laughs> to, to make it happen <laughs> you could also have cornmino dogs oh that's right cornmino dogs you have and burritos. Maguito burritos <laughs> i mean really why aren't we having this party uh, seriously yeah the menu for freemaker adventures is just perfect <laughs> sorry i just completely discounted everything you were just continuing to move on with because i was no, thinking no. about other food right. items that you could have at this party <laughs> yeah. uh, it's so good and and so derlin at the same time is again contacting cordy in, at the worst possible time and uh she ends up dismissing him saying that we'll be right there and i love that there was that one scene where uh, it starts to rain and so you have cordy rowan and xander on one end and you have moc on the other just staring at each other <laughs> as right. the rain is falling <laughs> yes yeah and so they have to figure out a way to get him off their backs so rowan ends up throwing his lightsaber because they've already crossed this river of acid 
and MLC is using his jetpack to get to him to get to get to them. And so the Rowan ends up throwing his lightsaber to hack at his jetpack. Yeah, this was one of the cooler, more intense fights, I think, between yes. Rowan and MOC. You have, you know, the acid and the jetpack thing and the, the fact, like, when Rowan threw his lightsaber and it cut off the one side of the jetpack and then and kind of spun around and came back like a boomerang and cut off the other side, that was, like, a really cool move. That was awesome. And I forget where I've seen a similar move. It might have been from Anakin in Clone Wars, but uh, yeah, I, I really love when you can use your lightsaber in that manner. And poor MOC. I mean, not I guess not really poor MOC, but he ended up falling into the acid. <laughs> and you kind of think that's the end of him, but not really. Yeah, I was thinking about that as the episode was going on. I was like, wow, maybe this is kind of, you know, the point where they finally defeat him and then they move on to, you know, another villain or something that will come along. But right? you can't keep this guy down. It was or a version two, an MLC version two, or something. Right. Um, I thought it was kind of a cool touch when his his legs got burnt off by the acid. And right. So the bottom of his legs went from being kind of the typical minifig legs to being the more like droid style legs. Oh yeah. Because like the casings had all you know been burnt off by the acid. I thought that was a nice touch, nice detail. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And in my notes, I actually wrote, because Rowan threw that lightsaber, so I wrote in parentheses, throw-in. <laughs> Rowan, throw-in. And I'm like, well, that's a cheesy thing to write, but I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and you did. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so Rowan has to figure out a way to stop MOC from reaching them, and he ends up remembering that when they're in a taller um structure they're more likely to get hit by lightning so he ends up using a broken ships um pieces from a broken ship and builds a uh, a line to conduct electricity and put moc out of commission <laughs> yeah he he originally builds it up and it looks like he's just trying to poke down and knock like and push moc down into the acid i thought that was what he was trying to do me too and i think that's what moc thought as well because he was just like oh you missed and then you know rowan was like nope i didn't miss because it was the whole purpose was just to conduct the lightning which i thought was really clever it was yeah and that's what makes him so cool he's always thinking outside the box and i I admire that in people (laughs) yeah and shout out to nicholas Cantu this season Oh my gosh, a brilliant performance by him by him and that character. Oh, so good. Yeah, he's doing he's doing a really great job. Mhm. And and so Derlin at the same time he's freezing his butt off <laughs> in the escape pod because the life support system is failing and now the tie fighters are using him for target practice. <laughs> he was so cool, calm and collected like every time they communicated with him. He was. <laughs> just like, oh, take your time. No big deal. But now at this point, he's starting to get a little nervous. He's like, all right, they're starting to use me for target practice. <laughs> I might end up dying, but it's <laughs> yeah. okay, I guess. <laughs> like my hair is turning white. I don't have any clothes on. Not a fun way to go. Right. And so Rowan comes very close to admitting this is what's been happening. And thankfully for them, Roger ends up 
saving the day and they're able to rescue Major Derwin and give him blue pancakes. Blue yeah. blue milk pancakes. Yeah, and they, they kinda he when he's eating them, he's kinda roll them up, you know, into like almost like a tube like thing. Yeah. Holds hold it in his little minifig hand. And that's why I think it would be a perfect accessory for his minifig to come with. Yeah, it would be. It would blue, be a cool accessory. Blue milk pancakes could become an official Lego piece. And Roger would be so happy. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> people would appreciate his fine cuisine. Yes. Well, Durland seemed to like it. They look good. I mean, really, it's just... I mean, I can't imagine that they would taste that much different than regular pancakes. I know. So I'm very curious as to why Cordy doesn't like them. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe she's just not a fan of... Uh... Roger's cooking in general. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> and so Hondo ends up being returned back to Takodana where he's delivered to Awanzek. And I love that he offers to play another game of Sabak and the cards just fall out of his sleeves again. <laughs> right. <laughs> never trust Hondo. <laughs> no, no, never. That is the lesson of this episode. Hondo has a really cool look. I know I keep going back to the whole minifig side of things, but he's got a really cool look. I like the fact that they um, they changed him up enough so he doesn't have the exact same look as he does in other uh, things that he's shown up in. But I like that they use the typical kind of bandana that you see on like the pirate minifigs. Yes. I like that they just used a typical Lego piece instead of doing something a little bit more custom. The more that they use kind of the regular classic pieces. Um, I I like when they get creative with those and um, are able to incorporate them into these designs. Yeah, yeah. It was great to see. A, and, you know, there are different points in time, so it was great to see him in a different outfit or a different uh, portrayal than what he was in Rebels and then definitely than what he was in Clone Wars. Yeah, and this is further along in the timeline than we've seen him in anything else, right? Yeah, yeah, so. and I don't know where because he's gonna be in Galaxy's Edge, the Millennium Falcon uh, feature that they're going to have at the Star Wars themed land in Disney World and Disneyland. So uh, I don't know what he'll look like there, but or what time that will take place. But yeah, I think this is the farthest that we've seen him in. Yeah, I think Galaxy's Edge is set um, kind of in the Force Awakens. Oh, era. is it? Yeah, because a lot of the stuff is like First Order, or um, they talk about um, why am I blanking on what they're called? The Rebellion, the Resistance. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's been too long since I've seen these movies. Um, yeah, so the First Order is represented, the Resistance is represented. So I think it's supposed to be in kind of that era. So if Hondo is around still. And he's really, he's been around for a while. So he I wonder has. if his species, the Weequay, may have a different, you know, aging than, than humans do. So he can, he maybe he's like a Wookiee. He can live for a few hundred years. Yeah, yeah. And swindle people and place a back with them. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and so, yeah, that was, that was a fun episode. And I like that. Uh, it was definitely a change of pace because you have Rowan be more interested in talking to these random characters like Maz and, and Hondo. So there's a different outside sources being brought in other than Quarry. So yeah, I, I thought it was a fun one. Yeah. And we'll, you know, I, I think just 
having watched most of the other episodes of the season, there's more really cool stuff to come like that relates to other things. So I don't know. Do you think, I'm curious to hear your opinion on this. Do you think people will be listening to our episode reviews not having seen the rest of the season? Like they'll wait or should we avoid spoilers, I guess, for the future episodes? That's a great question. (laughs) So far we have been, we haven't really spoiled anything that happens beyond this point, but yeah, should we avoid, I think we should. I think just to, just for those listeners that may be kind of watching the episodes as they listen to our reviews, um, we should probably not spoil future things. No. Yeah, I don't think we should. I, I know I referenced something from the finale today, but I was very vague about it. Yeah. So- <laughs> we'll just do really vague references just to frustrate people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm trying to think back to if I had any theories about this episode before going into it. I really like the title, The Storms of Tall. But yeah, I didn't I didn't like dream up anything of what it could be or how the freemakers were going to tackle their next task. So, Do you think I know the, for sure I have other theories from uh, for other episodes. <laughs> <laughs> the burning question is, no pun intended, is the mini scavenger going to make a return? Oh, see, well, <laughs> we can't spoil people. <laughs> <laughs> we can pretend to speculate. Um, (laughs) will it come back I'm not sure (laughs) but you know Lego you can rebuild things yes that's true (laughs) Uh, mini scavenger being destroyed and then even the the fact that they were willing to kind of take MOC down a little bit where he's kind of melting away into the acid made me wonder about you know the future of that character and if he would last through the whole season so. Right, yeah. yeah. That was definitely a Terminator mermaid, now that I think about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he is very Terminator-like. <laughs> he is, yes. And so the next episode is the return to the wheel. So if we kind of forget what that episode was about, obviously they're going to head back home. And I'm always in... I, I love the wheel because of the fact that it's divided into these rings and there's different like classes to each one. You know, the lower ring is for, uh, you know, the people who don't have money, you know, like how Wick Cooper said, you know, why do you choose to be poor? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Whereas Wick Cooper is in the upper ring. So yeah, the, going back to the wheel is, is always a favorite thing of mine. And that's where Becky Smoochabacher lives. So you know, if yes. we're ever, if we're ever hoping for an appearance of of her, that would be the uh, the location for it. For sure, yeah. <laughs> um, oh gosh, I love that name, Becky Smoochabacher. <laughs> but yeah, that's it for this show. I guess we should go ahead and wrap things up. All right. Well, um, as usual, you guys can find us on iTunes. Uh, You can find all our episodes there. You can also leave us a review on iTunes. So if you listen to our podcast and you enjoy it, we'd love for you to head over to iTunes and leave us a review. Uh, You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash starscavengers, Twitter, at starscavengers. You can email us, starscavengers at gmail.com. And find all of our episodes on our website, www.starscavengers.com. And until next time, be a builder and don't mess with the freemakers. 